This is episode 69 of Beyond the Bulletin. Hello and welcome to episode 69 of Beyond the Bulletin. From the University of Waterloo, I'm Brandon Sweet, editor of The Daily Bulletin. And for Media Relations, I'm Pamela Smythe. On this podcast, we go beyond the pages and pixels of The Daily Bulletin to inform you about important news and views from our community. Thank you for joining us as we go Beyond the Bulletin. Please keep listening for my conversation with Sam Dugan, an engineering student whose invention to make ski resorts safer impressed some real-life moguls right out of the gate. Those are some top-tier skiing puns, Pamela. Thank you for that. (laughs) I borrowed the moguls from the Daily Bulletin, but out of the gate was mine, all mine. That's right. I actually borrowed, the Daily Bulletin borrowed the moguls right out of Concepts uh, uh, blog. So it's just, uh, it's like, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like punception. Whoever came up with it, thank you. We salute you. Yes, we do. Now, here's what's been happening. This week, the University of Waterloo community mourned the passing of Pearl Sullivan, the university's former dean of engineering and the first woman to hold the position. She died on November 28th after living with cancer for 12 years. Just the fourth woman across Canada to head a school of engineering, she was a dynamic force for Waterloo Engineering and the entire university. Sullivan served as Dean from July 2012 to December 2019. Professor Mary Wells, Dean of Waterloo Engineering, said Sullivan prided herself in being a strong voice for women and in ensuring full diversity and inclusion in engineering. In a note to campus, President Farad and Hamdalopper said of Sullivan, Pearl has left an indelible mark on the faculty and on the whole University of Waterloo, but her biggest impact was with her students, friends, and colleagues. She will be very sorely missed. Sullivan led a distinguished academic career and was devoted to her family and to her students. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, a celebration of her life will be held at the University of Waterloo at a later date. We'll be hosting a special tribute to Pearl on the December 18th episode of our podcast, the final one of the year. For now, you can read more about her life and career in the Daily Bulletin from November 30th. You know, it warms my heart to learn that Professor Sullivan was a K-pop stan. Uh, I told my girls, who are both way into K-pop, that fact, and they were both impressed. Yes, as I understand it, when she stepped down as dean, she wanted a K-pop dance party to send her off. Ah, I know. I love Pearl. I'm really going to miss her. Yeah, me too. The passing of Pearl Sullivan added to what was already a very difficult week for the Faculty of Engineering. Igor Ivkovic, who taught systems design engineering, died last Friday. Ivkovic was a lecturer and interim associate chair of undergraduate studies in the Department of Systems Design Engineering. According to a note from President Hamdalaper and an outpouring of messages on the University of Waterloo's subreddit, he was well-loved by students and everyone who worked with him. Someone said the tributes to him were the nicest things that they've ever seen on Reddit. Well, I, I don't usually hear the words nice things and Reddit used in the same sentence, so that's saying something. Yeah. The university has recognized four outstanding community members as recipients of this year's President's Community Impact Awards. Now in its fourth year, the President's Community Impact Awards were created to celebrate the rich connections between the university and Waterloo region communities. The awards have two categories, community leaders and university champions. Ambika Opal and Paul Parker both received the Community Leader Awards for their outstanding volunteerism and community outreach. 
Ambika Opal, a Waterloo alumnus, demonstrates her commitment to sustainability and social inclusion through avid volunteerism. She sits on the boards of the Social Development Centre Waterloo Region and REAP Green Solutions and volunteers with newcomers at Reception House Waterloo Region, just to name a few. Speaking of REAP Green Solutions, 21 years ago, Faculty of Environment Professor Paul Parker joined with three of his colleagues and a local nonprofit to create the Residential Energy Efficiency Project, which is now known as REAP Green Solutions. Their goal was to match academic research with practical action in the community, and Paul's passion for climate action has led to tremendous impact. Community organizations, Sanctuary Refugee Health Center, and KW Legacy Leaders received the University Champion Awards in recognition of their incredible partnerships with the university. Since its beginnings in 2013, Sanctuary Refugee Health Center has grown into a nonprofit organization located in downtown Kitchener that cares for more than 5,400 patients from 84 countries. They have initiated two substantial research partnerships with the university a Department of Psychology study of the emotional well-being of refugee newcomers to Waterloo, and a study of food and nutritional insecurity among refugee newcomers through the School of Public Health and Health Systems. At any one time, close to 20 university students volunteer with the Centre. Co-founded by Waterloo alumni Mike Denemy and his late brother Brian, KW Legacy Leaders is a grassroots group of people who grew up in Waterloo Region and have an earnest desire to give back to their home community. Ten of the members are Waterloo alumni, since 2016, the group has raised more than $520,000 to support 55 student scholarships for incoming Waterloo students, the School of Pharmacy, and St. Jerome's University. Congratulations to this year's winners. You are inspiring. Speaking of inspiration, this past Tuesday was Giving Tuesday, an annual day set aside for people around the world to come together to support the charitable causes that they care about. The University of Waterloo asked its members to rise to the challenge and help unlock more than $100,000 in charitable support for projects across campus. The Office of Advancement assembled an impressive lineup of 21 challenges to inspire Waterloo faculty, staff, retirees, alumni, parents, and friends to get involved. This year's Giving Tuesday campaign was the most successful to date, and since Waterloo began celebrating Giving Tuesday seven years ago, our generous champions and donors have raised more than a million dollars for Waterloo. Giving Tuesday officially ended at midnight on Wednesday morning, so donations made now won't count towards our Giving Tuesday totals for this year. However, the university is always happy and grateful to receive gifts to Waterloo every day of the year. Thank you again to the faculty, staff, and retirees for being an integral part of Waterloo's success, not just on Giving Tuesday, but all year long, through your work and your charitable gifts to the university. For those of you who participated, check your inboxes for a thank you message that will include the full details of the results of this year's Giving Tuesday. I really love those challenges. I was inspired to give to the uh, Mari Farotan Memorial Graduate Scholarship. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she was one of the brilliant students who lost her life in the Ukrainian airliner crash back in January. So I wanted to give to that. Cool. Now, here's what's coming up. The University of Waterloo is stepping into the arena. The innovation arena, that is. Are we doing battle? Like Thunderdome? You mean like two men enter, one man leaves? We don't need another hero. Tina Turner said it so well. I promise. I promise I won't sing. Well, we thank you for that, Pamela. <laughs> <laughs> so what do we mean by the Innovation Arena? Well, the university-owned 90,000-square-foot warehouse at the corner of Victoria and Joseph Street in downtown Kitchener will be transformed into the Innovation Arena, a connected health and technology commercialization community within downtown Kitchener's Innovation District. 
It will co-locate startups, early scaling companies, and broader connections to small and medium-sized enterprises. You wanted to say SMEs, didn't you? Well, whenever I say whenever I see SMEs, I think of SMEs, and then I think of uh, Tinkerbell, Captain Hook. Why? SME, his first mate. Captain Hook's first mate, SME. You don't remember him? Mm. So, last week, the Kitchener City Council approved the partnership between the city and the University of Waterloo to further develop the Health Sciences Campus in downtown Kitchener's Innovation District. The Innovation Arena will feature shared product development labs, manufacturing and collaborative office spaces, and will also serve as a health innovation nexus with increased partnerships and community connections. It will also be the new home of Velocity, the university's flagship entrepreneurship program. President Hamdelopper thanked the city of Kitchener for its investment of up to $8.5 million. About 5,000 square feet of the new space will be devoted to the city's health innovation programming and collaboration through the Waterloo Region Small Business Center. Adrian Cote, Executive Director of Velocity and a past interview guest on this very podcast, says that while Velocity supports a broad range of companies from a variety of disciplines, the new space will also be a magnet for health technology companies. It will be a space in which Velocity has seen tremendous growth in recent years. But with more space and more connection to expertise at Waterloo, Velocity will be better poised to help develop and grow companies across many sectors and markets. You can learn more in the Daily Bulletin from November 25th. The Student Success Office and Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs are rolling out transition and orientation programs for incoming undergraduate and graduate students as we speak. Beginning this week, Graduate Studies and Postdoctoral Affairs, or GSPA, will welcome more than 700 incoming master's and doctoral students for winter 2021 through the Waterloo Grad Ready Program. Over the course of eight weeks, the Virtual Transition and Orientation Program will offer graduate students a suite of resources to prepare for grad studies at Waterloo. In January 2021, approximately 56 new undergraduate students will begin their studies in the winter term. To help welcome these students, whether they're coming to Waterloo or learning online from elsewhere, the Student Success Office is providing coordinated resources to prepare students for their first term at Waterloo. Both the Grad Ready and Waterloo Ready content will be delivered through the Learn platform. And now the interview. When Sam Dugan worked at Whistler Blackcomb as a photographer, he witnessed more than a few collisions on the ski hills, particularly on the jumps where snowboarders go for big air. The problem was they couldn't see beyond the jump and whether someone was in the landing area and thus in real danger. After enrolling at Waterloo, Dugan started his company, Vision Spatial Technologies, and invented Smart Patrol. The device can detect whether the area is clear and signal to the next jumper. Nice to see you, Sam. Hello. Nice to be here. So unlike our audience, I actually can see you because we're talking via web chat. You're at your cottage right now where Vision Spatial Technologies headquarters currently reside. Yeah, so I'm actually headquartered up in Honey Harbor so that I can be close to some of the ski resorts that we serve. And uh, it's fantastic being up here. And uh, so I've built a little bit of an office in the basement here and uh, on some pallets, have all the uh, storage and workspace I need. What do you mean you're on pallets? <laughs> so uh, we're up on the Canadian Shield here and the basement is not a full basement. In order to make some level ground, I had to make a little pallet floor. So Smart Patrol is the name of the product. It's getting a lot of positive attention these days. Congratulations. How does it work? 
Thank you. Uh, yeah, so the Smart Patrol is a mobile, versatile, real-time computer vision-powered platform. Uh, essentially, it's an intelligent traffic light for monitoring blind spots in recreational applications. So the first application we're deploying is for ski resorts, where the Smart Patrol can be used to monitor the landing zones of jumps in terrain parks. It uses a camera to capture live video of the landing zone and feeds that video into a computer on board, which runs some algorithms to determine if there's anything there or not that could provide a hazard to uh, anyone entering the landing zone. And it then tells everyone uphill whether the jump is safe to hit or not. What is it? What are we looking at when we're at the top waiting to come down? So when you are at the top of the train park, you have a whole bunch of jumps and rails in front of you. Uh, but all you can see is the takeoff. There's a large buildup, uh, a large mound or small hill that forms the landing zone for each jump. And you can't see the backside of that um, buildup, which is where you are landing. As the person before you hits a jump, they disappear over the top edge of that landing and might ski away or fall, which would now pose a threat to them and you, assuming you followed them over the jump without having any idea if they are there. Oh, it's terrifying. How did the idea come to you? I was on a date. <laughs> it was uh, November 2018. I'm pretty sure it was in the parking lot as we were pulling into the restaurant. So after that, it was not a very good date, perhaps. <laughs> Why's that? Oh, I was uh, just a little distracted. How does a business idea come to you on a date? It, I was looking for uh, some other side project to start working on. And uh, I came up with this idea based on my experience living and working in Whistler. The dream is always to connect my engineering uh, experience with my passion for skiing. And oh. so coming up with a way to do that and uh, solve the problems that I saw as a skier on the slopes. So the idea came to you when you were already enrolled at Waterloo. The experience you had that informed that idea happened before you enrolled at Waterloo. So did you have ideas of becoming an entre entrepreneur when you applied to Waterloo? Yeah, I think uh, I've always sort of been a serial entrepreneur, if you will. Uh, I started when I was in grade four. I had wow. a paper route for a year, did the calculations, realizing I was getting paid like $1.57 an hour based on <laughs> how long my route was and everything. And then uh, I decided I had to do something better. So I started mowing lawns for neighbors and mowed up to 20 lawns at a time for the next nine years. And then uh, between... High school and university, I also did, uh, I got my commercial operating license for drones in Ontario and did mm. commercial real estate photography as well. And how did, why did you do that? Uh, because I wanted to justify buying a drone. <laughs> well, that's a pretty good reason. So how did you get from the idea stage to where you are now? 
Um, I think it comes down to a lot of work and uh, a, a lot of help as well from uh, mentors and uh, guidance along the way. Tell me about that. Yeah, so I started developing the computer vision technology behind the Smart Patrol in uh, January of 2019. And I worked for several months before I was able to test anything in person at Mount St. Louis Moonstone at the very end of the 2018-2019 ski season. And uh, it was at that point that I realized, hey, this could be an actual business. And there was potential here. So that's when I started reaching out and getting some help, including from a uh, University of Waterloo adjunct professor, uh, Dean Pacey, who has mm -hmm. joined the team as a uh, the head of business development now. But he's from pharmacy. The lawn mowing business that I started, I actually mowed his lawn. And now he's your partner. That is correct. Basically. Yes. Mentor and partner. Yep. Good Good thing you did a good job. <laughs> yep, <laughs> definitely. Now, but you're an e-co-op student, right? Enterprise co-op. Yes, I am. Yep. So e-co-op has really allowed me um, to focus on the business when I'm on co-op, which has been super valuable. And this is my second e-co-op term now. And I think I will be taking a third in about four months as well. So the eco-op program offered through uh, the Conrad School of Entrepreneurship and Business, your co-op job is your own business. You spend your co-op terms building your own business. Yes, that's exactly it. Uh, but I've also gotten all sorts of uh, additional funding opportunities through oh. um, the eco-op program and some great mentorship as well, uh, wow. especially from Wayne Chang, the uh, head of the eco-op program. Anyone who's interested in working on their own startup or has an idea that they want to turn into a business, the e-co-op program is built exactly for that. What kind of feedback are you getting from industry? The reception has been fantastic. So we deployed the Smart Patrol for a closed beta trial this last season at Mount St. Louis Moonstone, a resort about a half hour north of Barrie. And the reaction from the public has been absolutely amazing. Like what? <laughs> right from the very beginning, as I was uh, setting up the units for the very first time, I couldn't even set up the four units before I had three separate parents come up to me and say how great this idea was and how much they love seeing innovation like this being used to protect their kids in the train park. And uh, great. Yeah. And the kids love it too, because they feel uh, a lot more comfortable with the additional guidance in an area that they might not have a lot of experience in yet. The train parks, which can be a little bit scary when you're first getting started. And uh, even the teenagers and more experienced skiers really appreciate it because they understand that it's there to help protect them as well. So you recently finished as a national runner-up in the James Dyson Award a competition for student entrepreneurs. Congratulations. 
Thank you. That's very exciting. It's a very big deal, and not just because I have two of their vacuum cleaners. Um, what was that experience like for you? That was uh, truly incredible. It was a huge honor to really be recognized in an award uh, for <laughs> engineering and innovation. What was involved? Was it a pitch competition? It was not. It was based on uh, a submission mostly text and uh, some video as well. What did you win? Uh, so I was one of the national runners up. Uh, so I was one of three Canadian companies that was put forward to compete at the international level of the James Dyson Award, uh, which was very prestigious. And even the opportunity of being the national runner up came with a lot of media attention, which uh, helped really attract a lot of attention to our business and was uh, fantastic to help get the word out. And then came Dragon's Den. Yes. I watched it. Your pitch was so polished. There was, it was amazing. You were so good. You did walk away with a deal. So congratulations. That doesn't happen very often. They're, they're a hard bunch to impress. Tell me in a nutshell what happened. So I actually pitched um, to the Dragons at the very beginning of September, the Friday before the Labor Day long weekend. It was the oh, last wow. day of the filming for the season. So I actually applied to Dragons Den in February. And I heard that I was going to be on the show in April. Normally they film in May. So I had a considerable heads up because COVID pushed things back to filming at the end of August, early September. So I had enough time to watch um, six seasons of Dragon's Den in preparation, <laughs> just putting it on while I'm working and uh, wow. constantly just listening to how the dragons think and talk. And um, I spent hours preparing my pitch and thinking of all the questions they would ask and coming up with responses. You seem to have an answer for everything they threw at you. Yeah, I mean, you have to. But still, you walked away with the deal. You impressed two of the dragons. Yeah, so Michelle and Lane were the two dragons that we were targeting going in because uh, Michelle has connections in the ski industry as she is the former board of directors at Whistler Blackcomb and now is on the board of directors at Vail, the largest ski resort operator in the world. And Lane wow. has incredible connections to Disney, which is the largest water park operator in the world. Now, why water park? Why is that relevant? Well, that's, uh, that's the next application. Wow. So you're not stopping at ski hills. Oh, of course not. This is a versatile uh, computer vision powered platform, which has applications in all sorts of different recreational applications from ski resorts to water slides to tube parks, downhill mountain biking trails, even skateboard parks and <laughs> motocross tracks. The applications wow. go on and on. And nothing like this exists already. No, no, nothing, nothing at all. This uh, problem that we're addressing, especially in ski resorts, has no other solution. 
What can you tell us about the deals? Because this is very exciting. Uh, I can say that no deal has closed yet, but uh, we're still working on it. You had originally wanted to offer them, you wanted $250,000 for a 20% stake in the business, correct? That was the ask, yep. And then one was interested and then another one was interested and they kind of, rather than fighting with each other, they joined forces. And so they ended up, you offered them what? <laughs> I offered them 250000 for 28%. And they decided, no, nah, just stick with the round numbers and went with 30 that was a risk, because what if they had just said, you know what, forget it. I'm 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 out. I don't want to do this. So why did you push back on that? Uh, I've watched enough episodes to sort of know when they're <laughs> in and when they're really in. So what happens now? Well, we are at a very exciting time of the year. We are preparing to deploy at ski resorts this upcoming season as the resorts start to open. And uh, so we're preparing to do that uh, over the next several weeks. Maybe your maybe Smart Patrol will wind up at you know why stop at Canada or you said Vale right so which is in Colorado right Vale owns many resorts across Canada North America wide and even Australia and Europe as well Australia has ski hills yes some <laughs> very good ones actually they have wow many mountain ranges and uh, New Zealand is some of the best powder skiing in the world oh yes. This is exciting. You're going global, Sam. Next, you'll be at Cloisters with the royal family. You never know. <laughs> you didn't come out of the gate pitching to the dragons. You've had experience with pitching. You've participated in pitch competitions at Waterloo, correct? That's correct. Yeah, I uh, was fortunate enough to actually participate in the very first concept 5K pitch competition at the university after the concept rebranding and i was uh it pitched it a second time in the winter when i was actually able to win and just over the past several weeks i actually also participated in the problem pitch from the uh, problem labs at the university what do you learn about the pitching experience pitching on its own is a whole skill and it requires a lot of ability to put together a coherent presentation that gets the right points across as efficiently as possible. And also the skills to confidently present it in front of a crowd, especially in-person pitching like the uh, Concept 5K. Did you have a lot of experience with public speaking or anything like that before? Because you're so good at it. I don't mean to blow smoke. I mean, you're really good. <laughs> Thank you. I think it really comes with practice. It's definitely been a skill that I have had to learn. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to have uh, Dean, my head of business development and the professor at the University of Waterloo, help me along the way and get a lot better at it. You've had support from several parts of, of the university the campus community. Now, there was some sad news in the faculty, in your faculty, the Faculty of Engineering in the past week, with the loss of both Dean Emeritus Pearl Sullivan and Igor Ivkovic. Igor, I was fortunate enough to have as an instructor in 1B, who uh, taught our class data structures and algorithms. And uh, he, he was truly an incredible professor. 
Um, in fact, our class liked him so much that we actually went out and bought him a an iPad um, as a thank you gift at the end of the semester. And uh, we have not done that for any other professor. So that what was so good about him? Uh, he truly is uh, understanding and uh, willing to listen to anyone and um, has enough secret jokes in the lectures to keep everyone entertained and is just a very <laughs> engaging speaker. And he even brought us Timbit sometimes. Very sad to hear about his his death. With the Dragon's Den episode airing about uh, a week and a half ago now, we had reached out to the university to let everyone know. And after the episode aired, Pearl Sullivan actually emailed us back and congratulated us. It, it was uh, definitely very, very meaningful. That is so like Pearl. It is so like her to reach out no matter what is going on with her and to be supportive to students. And a very, very supportive and enthusiastic email as well. Just wow, wow, wow. All caps, lots of exclamation <laughs> marks and uh, congratulating me on uh, my performance and saying how proud she was of um, Waterloo engineers and uh, seeing what we have uh, accomplished. Did you know her before? I did not, unfortunately. Well, I'm so glad that you you got to interact with her because she was there. She was one in a million. So, th Sam, thank you so much for this. It was really great talking to you. I'm wishing you so much success. I can't wait to see what happens with uh, Smart Patrol and your company, and uh, we'll be watching. So, stay in touch with us, please, and, and keep us up to date. Definitely. Thank you very much for this opportunity. I uh, appreciate the discussion. Well, that about wraps it up for us this week. You can find all of our past shows and links about the items we mentioned in today's show on SoundCloud.com. To ensure you don't miss an episode, please subscribe to the Beyond the Bulletin podcast wherever you get your podcasts and recommend us to your colleagues and Waterloo alumni. Remember to do your part to limit the spread of COVID-19 in our community. And mask up when headed indoors in public spaces. You can get in touch with us via email at bulletin at uwaterloo.ca. What's your favorite Christmas album? Christmas? Okay, well, this is, uh, I think this might be a polarizing choice, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Don't at me, as, as they say on Twitter. Huh. But uh, Paul McCartney's Wonderful Christmas Time is probably one of my favorite Christmas tunes, mostly because it is extremely synthesizer heavy. Ah. It's basically made up of a Yamaha C CS80 synthesizer and jingle bells. That's the whole, that's the whole instrumentation. <laughs> my favorite is Christmas with the Smithereens. Oh. Check it out. Check it out if you haven't already. I, I will have to. 